Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, I have a lot of news to catch you up on. Of course, I have been uh, unusually swamped because of the big George Norrie event that uh, occurred in Asheville, North Carolina this past weekend. It was uh, another huge success. Uh, We packed out the Diana Wortham Theater. All the speakers were wonderful. The crowd was having a great time. And I'll tell you just a a bit about my, uh, my segment. You know, I, in the past, had looked into possibly doing some kind of a big illusion where I teleport myself onto stage. But um turned out, once I started working on the prop for that thing, it was just going to be a big pain in the ass. It was going to be much more heavy and expensive and elaborate uh, to do it than I think the show could accommodate. Because after all, it's not like the George Norrie's show is a magic show. Um, and so it's kind of hard to take a big magic prop sometimes and incorporate it into a non-magical show, especially when it's going to take the cooperation of several people to pull it off. So maybe in the future, I know how to do it, but uh, I didn't do it this time. But that doesn't mean that I left people's magical dreams hanging. No, I did perform a little bit of stage magic. Uh, I came on in a top hat. I was uh, producing mysterious lights out of thin air, and I had a pretty playful routine with that. And then finally, I magically materialized a bouquet of roses and, uh, well, some kind of flowers. And so I hand the flowers to George and took a bow, and then George said, what do you say we give this to someone in the audience. And I say, okay. So George just tosses this bouquet of flowers out there, and all of a sudden, pandemonium erupts. Um, It actually turned into a very dangerous situation for a moment. There was one guy who leapt over the seats in front of him, all the way up there toward the front row, as if the Holy Grail had been tossed at his feet, and there, there was this one split moment in time where I, I'll never forget the image. This guy was completely vertical. His feet were in the air, his legs were straight out, and he is just scrambling with his arms, and I think he would have punched the hell out of somebody to get to those flowers. So he got them, he deserved them, he wanted them worse than anybody else, and um, so that was a pretty funny moment. But uh, I tried to keep my whole segment uh, light and interesting. And in fact, toward the end, for the first time ever, I brought out a little haunted doll. And, you know, people always want to talk to me about Robert the Haunted Doll. And that's great. You know, I, I talk about him all the time. I've written a book about him. But I have my own little haunted doll in the Asheville Mystery Museum. It's a German witch doll. Her name is Hilda. And um, there's quite an interesting story behind her. I won't go into all of it right now. But basically, she's she's not very big. She's kind of crouched over. She's made out of maybe some kind of resin or something like that. And she has long, stringy, grayish hair. She's sort of thrusting a wand of some kind forth. And she has her left eye closed. And her right eye is bulging open. And 
the story is that supposedly uh, the, the closed eye is the one that's peering into the spiritual realm, and the open one is looking directly at you. And that uh, this doll, you know, came from, from Germany. It, it went to a supporter of, of my show who lives in Charleston. He passed the doll along to me years ago. And the, the, the experience people have is if you go up to this doll and you look her right in the eye and you give your name, then that night you will have some amazing dreams. And these are dreams that will tell you something about yourself. Now, I must tell you, that doesn't mean it, it's, it's going to be good. For some people, it's a nightmare. For others, it could be um, a fantasy, a wonderful fantasy. It could be a brilliant idea. Um, but this is what people report when they go and they do this with the German witch doll. And I'd never brought her out of the museum, ever. So this was the first time I did that. And uh, I kept her outside on my merchandise table for a while. So after the show, people could come up, introduce themselves to her, and get a picture with her. But with all these little spooky haunted dolls, you have to ask permission before you take the picture. Now, if once you ask the permission, you can take for granted the answer is yes. But uh, you need to ask that. And so everybody had a really good time meeting Hilda as well. But uh, it was just uh, you know another big successful show. And uh, it's amazing just how much love and support there uh, is in Asheville for uh, the paranormal and certainly George Norrie and Coast to Coast AM. Well, in the middle of my focus on the event and all that that includes, uh, meetings leading up to it, rehearsals, meet and greet afterward, getting together with people after, I mean, it's, it's, it, it really eats up your whole day and night for several days to do an event like this. In the midst of this, there have been some really interesting news stories coming out that I've been looking forward to talking about on this podcast. For one thing, there was an article that's been in a lot of the media, but it first caught my eye uh, as a Fox News article, and the headline is, New Air Force B-2 Earth-Penetrating Nuclear Weapon Changes Combat Strategy. And here we have a picture of the typical black triangular stealth craft so i started reading this article and it's about new bomb technology what they have called the b6112 nuclear gravity bomb and they're being kind of vague in terms of exactly what makes this bomb so special but the gist of it from the research that i've done is that um, this is the most powerful nuclear bomb that has ever been created that can be used with great precision and create horrible devastation without producing a lot of collateral damage when uh, when that's a problem. For, so, for example, usually you drop a nuclear bomb, it blows up around the surface of the Earth, and you get fallout all over the place. And, uh, you know, it's not very... Uh, discretionary you know if you have some some good guys in the area they're going to get it as well but my understanding is with this technology there it's it's kind of like mixed with a bumper or a bunker buster and so what you do is you drop this thing and it penetrates far below the earth and then it it detonates and so you're able to really destroy something that's right in the middle of that shock wave 
but most of the radioactive fallout is uh, is contained within the Earth. So you're not having to worry about contaminating the sky. So basically, they're talking about doing some you know, very intense stuff using new computer technology to guide this thing and, um, and create these amazing explosions that primarily take place underground and are producing probably all kinds of new shockwaves. So anyway, I was reading about this, and it said that they tested this thing out earlier this summer in June of 2018 at Nellis Air Force Base. Now, can you imagine what I thought when I read that? Because it was on June 18th of 2018 when I measured the space-time anomaly right down the road from the Nellis Air Force Base. Can you imagine if I was just, well, lucky enough to synchronistically, coincidentally be out there measuring space-time with a new sort of device right when they were doing some kind of a crazy test and uh, a test that somehow disrupts space-time. And, you know, that's not supposed to happen, even if you set off a nuclear bomb, but who knows exactly what they're doing, especially since they're using alien technology you remember the letter that Harry Reid wrote to the Department of Defense saying, look, we have a whole new level of technology here that's been gained. And if this falls into the hands of our adversaries, it could be catastrophic. So they, they uh, you know, obviously there's a nuclear component, but we don't know what else they might also be using and experimenting with out there in the desert. So that is one possible explanation for why I got that uh, amazing reading that day on June 18th. And uh, so I'm, I'm waiting for more information to come out. Uh, I'd love to see if somebody could tell me if anything is known that happened on June 18th around Nellis Air Force Base that would, uh, would incorporate this technology and give me a little bit more insight. So, pretty strange. But... That's not the only weird stuff that's been uh, catching my attention over the past few days. For one thing, I want to just uh, start with a little bit of a follow-up here because I did a a recent podcast about some of the reports of UFOs and cryptids around Lake Norman, uh, north of Charlotte, North Carolina. And once I left that podcast, uh, I posted it on Facebook. And I got uh, a number of responses to that. One of them came from my friend Jeff Wilson. You've heard me talk about Jeff before. He was uh, always the the top champ when we did the Speaking of Strange UFO experience. He won a number of times. And um, he might even be coming out to uh, to do some stuff with me in the Vegas area. We'll see. But uh, listen to Jeff's reply as I was saying that uh, in this podcast, it's possible that some of these lake monsters, like the ones seen around Lake Norman, are um, are somehow related to gigantic salamanders called hellbenders. So Jeff writes, the Lake Norman UFO was the Goodyear blimp. Uh, it was in town for the World 600 NASCAR race over the weekend and stayed till Wednesday following the race. Well, that makes 
perfect sense to me. Lauren told me the same thing, and uh, that's why, obviously, I was not convinced that this was a legitimate UFO. But then he goes on to say, the salamander thing is a good theory. I remember night fishing on the Clinch River in Hancock County, Tennessee, back in the 80s. The guy I was with left to go back to the car and get new mantles for the lantern that we had dropped. It was dark as crap, and I got a bite and snagged something big. I started pulling it in. Only I had a small flashlight, so when I got up near, I put the uh, light on and saw what I thought was a huge monster lizard. It opened its mouth and spit the hook out and started hissing at me and walking towards me. I almost bet my buddy, or excuse me, beat my buddy, I believe that's what he's wants. I almost beat my buddy back to the car, even though he had left several minutes before me. When we got back to the camp, it was still there, eating from our bait bucket. When better light was shined on it, I found it was not anywhere near the eight feet long that I thought it was when I first saw it. It was a good size two feet long, though, but not the monster that I knew was chasing me that was eight feet long all the way back to the car. Had we not gone back, I would still be telling people it was eight feet long. Your eyes deceive you when you are startled and see something like that. Very good point, huh? Because, you know, it's like you hear people say that they've seen Bigfoot or whatever, and uh, he's eight feet tall, and then he's nine feet tall, and he's ten feet tall. It's very difficult to judge that sort of thing. That's why that uh, there's a lot of controversy over eyewitness testimony in court cases. People generally are not very good witnesses. Uh, they, they get excited, the adrenaline's pumping, and uh, their memory can deceive them, just like Jeff said. So that may indeed be an explanation for many of these strange creatures that people see. But I think the timing of this is particularly interesting because guess what I found out today? I received a message from my friend Captain Ita in Puerto Rico. She sent me a link to a news story. He's back! Yep, the Chupacabra or Gargula, depending, depending on what you think is happening. Okay, this is a story. It's in Spanish, so I did a translation. And, because, um, you know, I know a bit of Spanish, but I wanted to see how much uh, more accurate I could get the story here. This is about incidents that have been occurring in Barceloneta, Puerto Rico, which is on the coast. It's to the north. And, uh, in fact, I don't know that I ever actually went there, but it's a beautiful area with nice big cliffs that go down to the ocean with the waves crashing on them. There is a creature, some are calling it the Chupacabra, some are calling it a Gargula. They say he has killed at least around 17 chickens. Uh, they say that he looks similar to a, uh, a giant gargoyle that jumps, flies, and even shouts in the early morning hours at Barceloneta. He has already attacked several times. But he especially likes chickens. He sucks their blood. Um, one woman said that at 2 in the morning, she could hear this thing screaming outside. And she knew it was killing her animals. But she said there was no way I was going to go outside. A number of people have seen this gargoyle flying around. Here's a quote from a guy. That gargoyle has flown from my house. 
up to the mountain behind me. My son has been with me on the balcony, and he has heard the screams and says, it is a big animal. So, whatever this thing is, when it comes around, it it may be an omen of doom, some kind of harbinger, just like the Mothman encounters. So it's going to be really interesting, really interesting to see if now another hurricane hits Puerto Rico or something like that, because that is what you might expect when these sightings pick up like they are happening right now. And so I will keep you informed on that. I don't know when I will be back in Puerto Rico, but I do have plenty of friends there, investigators, researchers, and uh, I'll try to get somebody there to uh, Barceloneta and see if I can get some more specific original information to share with you on this podcast. So never good when the Chupacabra is snooping back around. Uh, or Gargula, and maybe it's the same thing. you got the Vampire of Mocha, you have the Guerra Diablo. There's a lot of stuff in Puerto Rico, and nobody knows if it's one thing that's being described in different ways or if there are different things. It's very complicated because people are very freaked out when they see this thing, and they really run from it. Uh, okay, well, look, I have got still plenty of stuff to do. I have to do some filming here in Asheville, and uh, I'm not going to be here very long because I have to go back to uh, the the west coast and do some filming there in fact i may have a big announcement for you soon about uh, some tv stuff i'm doing and then you know i'm doing my big event in los angeles on october the 13th it's a wishing machine workshop and um, this is going to be uh, possibly the last one that i do in person because it's one of those things i just don't have enough time on my hands anymore so if you're going to be in the L.A. area or you want to make a trip to Hollywood, you have a very good reason. Just go to JoshuaPWarren.com and click the link to learn all about it. While you're there, visit the Curiosity Shop and uh, take a look at some of the uh, interesting little items that I have, especially some of the wands that I still have available on my site. I got, um, well, I've gotten a lot of messages. I got a message just today from a fellow named Joe. He says, I opened my wand this he got the emerald wand. He said I opened it up. He said it was so powerful I felt dizzy. He says this is so cool. And then I got this message from Mary in Illinois. She says I just wanted you to know I won two hundred and fifty dollars in the Pick Three Illinois lottery yesterday, wearing your necklace and using the emerald wand. A very beautiful work of art. Glad I ordered a couple extra wands. Have a wonderful, blessed weekend. So, um, you know, I've, I've just, I continue to get these amazing messages from people who have had uh, profound experiences of one kind or another with some of the products that you'll find there in my curiosity shop at joshuapwarren.com. You'll also find a link to this podcast called Joshua P. Warren Daily. That's because I try to leave one for you every day. Sometimes I can't, just like over the past few days I've been tied up with this event. But I try, but just rest assured, there are never commercials. It's always short. It's always free. And uh, if you click the link there to the podcast at joshuapwarren.com, you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, 
and I will usually tweet to let you know when a new one has been posted and is available for you. So that said, uh, there's your little update for now. So much more to come. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.